Do you want to introduce yourself and give us a little bit about you, what you do, and the mission behind what you do as well? Yes. So I am Sharina. <laughs> I am a licensed clinical psychologist. Um, so I do therapy. I mainly focus on childhood traumas, um, insecurities, confidence building, self-esteem, a lot of stress and anxiety management um, on one side. But my main mission is to help break with mental health stigma mm. in a way that is fun and accessible for everyone. So kind of not it being so dramatic and tense. So I try to add the fun part of it. It's a very holistic way. Um, eventually everyone's different and everyone comes from a different upbringing, conditions, resources. So it's very personal. So I think um, what I try to do is be the space facilitator for people so they can really feel secure to dive deep. Mm. And, <laughs> and what is bringing the fun aspect into that? What does that look like? Yeah, just not the labeling so much. Mm -hmm. So I don't really use all the psychological terms in everything that we kind of work on. Eventually, mm -hmm. people need to know where they're at. Of course. Um, but I try to take this away and normalize what they're going through, what thoughts they have, what they've lived, mm -hmm. accepting what they've lived, even if it's super traumatic, um, and validating their emotions as well. Um, so they can also start feeling comfortable and accept and recognize themselves, mm -hmm. what they're going through. And then from there, it's just more dynamic and more like, hey, why don't you try this exercise? And why don't you do this? And in a way that blends in nicely in their, in their day to day without it being so, I have a problem mm -hmm. or I'm different or, I have like this label, um, so I'm ill or I'm mm -hmm. sick or people are going to think I'm weirder than I already think I am or like this separation. So I try to like, you know, mm -hmm. everyone has something going on. Of course. Um, so I realized over my the years uh, that people have a hard time when you label again already with what they come with. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. So how do you find actually removing those labels and working from a space that's just more like you said holistic how do you think that actually empowers people in their own healing yeah I think uh, it actually depends mm. <laughs> some people need to know what they're going through what it's called of course. what 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 um, but when we remove this a little bit they kind of feel like oh, I'm I'm not put into another box which is what we've all kind of been mm -hmm. put into. So they feel like they're not alone, that it's something common, that what they're going through is valid. Um, and so then they're here to modify it because it isn't serving them. Like it just takes this pressure or this dense thing away. Mm -hmm. um, so we just focus on what do we do now? Bring awareness, what's triggering it, what you feel, what you're thinking, and not really placing it in box itself mm. it's almost like giving it mm -hmm. power by saying this is my problem yeah. rather than how can I move forward from yeah. this point yeah. so when you're working with people what about if they're at a point where they're not actually aware of what's going on right now because I think that's the big shift as well for a lot of people is they're not even in the space of having their awareness yet yeah, yeah um this is my work <laughs> <laughs> this is my job so like um, either it's therapy or coaching, most of the beginning sessions, eventually there's some people who are just more advanced in their awareness and some of them are not. So I use a lot of tracking, a lot of talk therapy, a lot of journaling, a lot of visualizing so they come to this awareness if they're not. Um, because I do believe that the only way that you're going to change is 
you bringing awareness. So mm. for me, awareness equals knowledge, and the more you know, the more you can change. Mm. If you don't have this, then I can see it. But if you don't see it, then why are you going to want to change anything? Totally. Um, so that's the, the hardest part of the, the work itself. Um, so it's basically the person really tracking what's triggering them, where it's coming from, how they responded, what they, what they thought, what do they feel, like really having two weeks or even more, a whole month or as much as they need to observe themselves without judging, without really like criticizing themselves, just finding the patterns um, so they can bring this awareness. Mm -hmm. And once they know and they have this like, oh my God, now I see it, then it's when they're like, I'm ready now, what do I do now? Like, mm -hmm. I'm ready to change. Um, but if not, people feel attacked or this is not me or you're telling me I have a problem and you know mm -hmm. um so yeah the biggest thing is awareness the mm -hmm. first and foremost which is the hardest part why would you describe it as the hardest part because we i think a lot of us have we're just conditioned to be inert <laughs> uh just live life out of what we've been told what we've been taught a lot of conditioning from school parents tutors uh, jobs um, so we basically live to this identity or was expected from the collective mindset in society um, and it's easier for us to live this way if people can manage uh, their entire life living like this in a very structured way um, so it's hard to face your truth mm -hmm. it's hard to face your fears um, your small traumas it's hard to face um, yourself <laughs> basically um, so i think it's not uh, difficult for them to become aware, it's difficult for them to accept okay. and recognize um, how they've been mm -hmm. responding and what intentions they're behind, why they do what they do, because sometimes the truth is painful. And it's like, it requires you to get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It requires you to be with those emotions mm -hmm. for a while and bring them to the surface. And then when you bring them to the surface, I guess that's where the integration starts, mm -hmm. through that acceptance. Yeah. And that's really powerful. So I think... I'd like, I'd like to ask about a little bit about in terms of when people are in this space where they're beginning to see their triggers and they're beginning to identify them, how do you get to the point where you're not judging them? Because a lot of people, they see them and then they're like, oh, fuck, I feel like this again, or, oh, no, it's coming to the surface again. How do we see them, observe them, but without judging them? Me? Or in general? In general. Yeah, I think it's something natural for us to judge mm -hmm. because that's, how we've been also conditioned to create this separation between each other. Um, that's why there's I'm more than, I'm less than, you're this, you're that. We, we kind of mm -hmm. compare ourselves because that's where we put ourselves, we know where to place ourselves, and like we don't have this mindset where we're one, mm -hmm. and we all go through things, and like this togetherness is not mm -hmm. there. Um, so as human beings, we just judge. I think it is a practice that we do, we can judge, um, but we don't respond to it. So eventually, mm -hmm. everyone has an opinion about us. Oh, I think she's a bit weird, or I think he has this. But when we talk about mindfulness, you can observe these things, mm -hmm. but kind of with it, not, with you not responding to what you judge, in a sense, you know what I mean? Like starting fresh, mm -hmm. even if we unconsciously have this judgment. I think what's important that the person doesn't judge themselves. And mm -hmm. so when someone feels less than or has these insecurities, or has these fears, it's basically you judging yourself. Mm. Um, and that this is something that's transmitted 
outside. So eventually you're opening the space for someone else to judge you as well. Mm. Um, we talked about this a little bit today. It's like that life being a mirror, right? Mm -hmm. Showing you what is actually going on within you. And I think one in, one interesting thing that I'd like to tap on here is you spoke about that you work with, with childhood traumas. So how can they actually come in to influencing your behaviour now? Because a lot of people, they walk around and they don't realise that their childhood is basically the programming that they live in their lifespan, right? Yeah, yeah, this is fascinating. <laughs> I love it. Um, so basically, when you're a child, mm. you we can't rationalize things. We can't break things down like, oh, this happened and this hurt me. Mm. And I tell you, we just go through emotions. So we, you know, we learn either like, oh, my mom's gonna get mad if I cry. But don't cry. Mm. I'm gonna get punished if I do this. Oh, don't do this. Like we just kind of learn this, but we've never really processed any trauma or anything that's hurt us. So when we're adults and we're like integrated selves we sometimes get triggered and it's actually our hurt inner child that is mm -hmm. responding. Um, so there are like 10 to 12 um, inner child protection strategies. So mm -hmm. narcissism, perfectionism, uh, the need of control, um, avoiding reality or wearing like masks, you're, like, you're not being authentic, all of these things are actually hurt children. <laughs> mm. um, and we think like, oh, he's so full of himself, or she's such a perfect control, but it's actually a way to protect the inner child who was once hurt or once conditioned. Mm. So a lot of the work is bringing awareness and identifying, well, what are your protection strategies? Mm. When do you do these things? When do you feel you're attacked or hurt? Um, and from there, you kind of, the adult conscious self kind of metaphorically helps or heals that inner child like mm -hmm. hey it's okay like you were once controlled by your parents now you can make your own decisions or you don't have to be perfect or not you know like mm -hmm. we've been conditioned um that's super interesting and just by bringing the awareness of oh wow this is how I, this is what i do mm -hmm. and it's not because i'm just like this or i'm bad tempered it's i was hurt once or i was conditioned um you get like an instant relief, like, oh wow, now I know where it's coming from. Mm. So now you know, and now you can change it. Mm. And how do you integrate that in the child? I think it's a lot of loving that part of you that was hurt, right? Yeah, yeah, a lot of it is so. A lot of um, what I've seen, at least, um, because the child might have been hurt by parents, which mm. is the people that we look up to, um, we blame them, we don't have like really great relationships with them. But we also need to bring this awareness that everyone does the best they can in the moment they're in. Mm. Um, I doubt a parent really wants to like intentionally hurt, but that's the best thing they knew how to do. Maybe they're also hurt. Maybe they also haven't healed. Um, so now it's like, now is now. Mm. Like now you get to reparent yourself. Mm. Um, and so it's really about also like changing this perspective and working with acceptance and surrender and forgiveness like now it's you now you're conscious now you're working on yourself you know that there are things that you're still carrying that are not supporting your growth and your well-being what can you do because mm -hmm. we always depend on others and life and you know this happened because the car then it's it's you mm -hmm. so it's really about stepping into this mindset like what can you do to make yourself feel better and grow and get to where you want to so from this place um it's just easier to kind of all right i will do the work that responsibility mm -hmm. for yourself that comes in as well there because we can heal 
from awareness, but we also have to, like you said earlier, accept those things mm -hmm. and take responsibilities. And do you feel that when we start that work and healing on ourselves, we actually begin to kind of heal things that are problems in our external world? Yeah. It like gravitates out in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in psychology, we, we talk a lot about um, radical acceptance. Mm -hmm. And that is basically a lot of people don't want to go back to things that hurt them or things that they don't like. And they kind of even try to reframe stuff that actually happened but when you go back and you really accept every single moment of the, every single experience and you tell yourself like this is what happened and this is real and i accept it and this is what happened and this it kind of is like you're bringing this awareness like this actually happened in my life and mm -hmm. i accept it and from there it's also e easier to kind of heal or to grow out of it because if not there's a lot of resistance there's a lot of neglecting, like infection around there. There's a lot of, yeah, just resistance. So unless you don't open that up and accept it and kind of process what you couldn't back then, the healing or the fresh start doesn't happen. Mm. It's almost like following those mm -hmm. emotions that we've deemed as negative, right? And following the fears, following the resistance, because that's going to take you to the parts of you that you need to heal within yourself. But we, we fear them. Mm -hmm. We fear and we get so stuck in them. And I guess what practices in terms of things like mindfulness have you found that enables people to move out of being stuck in those difficult situations or emotions? Yeah, um, so I mean, I do a lot of cognitive behavior mm. therapy. Um, so I first make people track themselves. So just like a CBT log mm -hmm. where you, um, so eventually it's something that we don't naturally do. Like I'm gonna check in on myself. So I would recommend like just have random alarms throughout the day mm -hmm. where you're told like a reminder, like, hey, just stop for a moment. What's the situation? How do I feel? What do I think? How am I responding? Was it a good outcome or not? Like kind of understanding. So when we do this for a period of time, we can see patterns like, oh, Every time I get an email from my job, my boss, I get tense. Mm -hmm. And because I'm tense, then I start arguing with the other, and then you kind of start seeing patterns. And then from there, you can also see like your limiting beliefs or like stuff like this. Um, but it's really about, for me, it's really about you bringing this relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. Like we kind of said earlier, like we are always in a constant communication. Mm -hmm. and the only relationship that's going to be with you forever is the one that you have with yourself. So you might as well start listening mm. <laughs> to that inner voice and accepting and recognizing your own patterns mm. either emotions that are constantly showing up thoughts that are constantly showing up behaviors that you have um eventually i complement this with like either talk therapy or like writing um it's also important to see we're all different so mm. we all access the, these parts of us with our different five senses so there's some people through visualizations mental representations it's easier for them to access um, this awareness some people it's journaling so a lot of journaling prompts and some people it's just talking or you know it just really depends so i kind of test that out and then all the mindfulness part is really helping the person as they're tracking and observing and a lot of things just show up um, to be present and to be relaxed and mm -hmm. to know that they are not here to judge they're just here to observe so they can learn and then they can like kind of separating themselves from the experience and emotions and thoughts like you are not that mm. you know so when you find that separation you're able to also see from a different perspective mm -hmm. which also helps you like oh okay i see things but i'm not necessarily that i'm not that mm. experience i'm not this thought i'm not this emotion we, we all feel and think very similar things 
So it's not you. This mm. doesn't define you. Mm. Um, so that's where all the mindfulness practice comes, like that separation, uh, that presence, so you can kind of do your work in a more, mm. you know, a more grounded way. Definitely. Where in your life have you had to see patterns and really look at them? Because I think we talk here and we're talking about removing those mm. those stigmas and it, it happens to all of us, even the people that are doing the work, right? It happens to all of us. So where have you had to see those in your own life? Yeah, many times. <laughs> uh, I'd say uh, six, or six to eight years ago um, when I was also pretty lost and I had... I always knew there was something missing, something not real. I was super confused. I was always kind of like the shadow of others, mm. um, highly insecure. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was just dancing and then, yeah, psychology, like super, like always doing what was expected. Mm. Um, and this came from uh, <laughs> this identity that I had created for myself at, at a very young age. Um, mainly also because I, I was always the cute little one at home and everyone was like, oh, she's so sweet and she's mm. so nice. And so it's like, oh, I'm sweet. Oh, I'm cute. Oh, I have to smile. Oh, like, and then my family actually replaced my name and started calling me Barbie mm. when I was very young. So I thought I was a Barbie. If I'm a Barbie, then I don't complain. I'm always looking good. I smile. I'm polite. I'm oh. decent. I wear nice clothes. I don't enter arguments, I don't, um, and this went on for all my school years, uh, all my university year, uh, time as well, um, and this was not me. I, mm. I, it just didn't feel like I was... Did you play to it a bit? Yeah, yeah, of course. I was like, this is me, mm. so I shouldn't, you know, tell someone that she said something I didn't like, or mm. I should do what others say, and oh, you know, I should do as expected all the time. And as you grow older, this is just a huge disconnection with yourself. So I honestly didn't know the things I said were not really what I thought. Actually, it was just because I thought I had to say these things or it was always very structured and society based and stuff like this. Um, until there was this one time, uh, I actually super cliche, but I went to Bali. <laughs> uh, and there I realized, like, no one really cares. Um, mm. I learned everything about personal development, that I wasn't really authentic, and I had all these, you know, all these things. And I saw there that the, the group that I was with, they kind of saw me for who I was, and they started pointing out things like, oh, you can see this? Like, mm. I'm not for what everyone usually would validate me for. Um, and then it just, that's when everything started shifting, and I started spending a lot of time by myself. Mm. Um, so more time on my own, more time to think, more time to have these conversations with myself. I applied everything I learned mm. in my degree <laughs> as a psychology. I got a lot of mentors. I just got started getting more and more into it. Um, but I think the biggest, biggest change for me was when I realized that I was holding on to this identity and I don't have to be her. Wow. And that moment was like kind of like a death. Like, mm. oh, if I'm not her, then who on earth am I? Mm. And I was like, I can be whoever I want. I can restart my story here and just be. Um, do you think many people are scared to restart their stories yeah. and scared to let go of old identities? Yeah, yeah, because for the longest time you're this person, you have the same patterns, you, oh, I'm like this, I like this, and then suddenly it's all gone away. I remember feeling empty, like, oh shit, like, if I'm not this person anymore, then what am I even doing here? Like, you're kind of contemplating your existence, like, what now? 
but at the same time, they're great opportunities to re, you know, rewrite your story and you can do whatever you want. You don't have to be this timid, shy girl. And mm. I have to say it's hard because a lot of people from your past are like, oh, what happened to you? Oh, you have a character. Oh, I never thought like, you know, they start questioning you and it's like, yeah, am I being now something I'm not? Or was I being something? You just have these moments where it's hard. But I think that every time there's a change, like there's there's eventually a rupture and you have to be willing to also let go of things that no longer serve you in the journey. So mm-hmm. this includes friends or, yeah, your way of being, or even clothes, your surroundings, environment, things that you interest. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be willing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, always focusing that you're here to improve and that something more aligned is going to happen Mm. Um, so it's a journey and i think it's an ongoing journey and there are always little moments where you have another awareness like oh wow and there's another rupture with another part of you and another new version and it just Mm. yeah it's almost like underneath that is the foundation of the relationship you build with yourself Mm -hmm. and continuing that throughout your life then allows you to let go of things knowing that you can always go back to yourself because i think like we said at the beginning People fear these things because they don't really know themselves and they can't rely on themselves. There's no stability within themselves. So how are they meant to trust themselves and let go of things because their identity is in that relationship, in that situation? So I guess it's building that relationship with yourself. And I guess that's something you're still developing. And you see everyone is like a lifelong journey, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, only constant thing in life is change. We're mm. always changing, situations change, environments change, you change your interests, your values. So I think it's important to constantly do this inner work and always check in like, well, what's in my value hierarchy today? Like, what do I need today? Or do I this like this now? Or like constantly speaking to yourself um, and listening to your body and your emotions mm. and constantly just not dismissing it. We've been so disconnected. So mm. I think it's, yeah, just having these, like, if you would talk to your, someone you really love or to your friend, like, you would constantly, like, hey, how are you doing? Well, how am I doing? And kind of do these internal check-ins yes. um, because you yourself knows exactly what you're going through and what you need. Um, and if you allow yourself to kind of get guided by intuition and gut as well in your heart, they can take you to places that make you feel more you. Mm. Um, and that I think is super powerful Definitely. and that's where you build like confidence and self-trust and then all those limiting beliefs also start shifting and you start kind of living a reality that's more yours mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's hard it's hard because we've been so conditioned but at the same time we're all here unique individuals with our own light um, And I really think that when we're living in ignorance, we just, our lights kind of dimmed. Mm -hmm. And the whole process now and the journey now is get your light like brightened and use it because that's your essence. Um, And it's possible. I love that. I love that. I love that reminder that it's possible because I think people fear their light, like we said at the beginning, and they just think this path is not possible for me or this direction of my life I can't go in because it's too far away mm-hmm. so really trusting that is important and it's funny that the thing that we neglect the most is the relationship with ourselves, is that foundation with ourselves. 
because we think that we're defined by everything outside of us. But like you said, it's a long and hard journey, but it's it's the best one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's hard. And I think one of the hardest exercises that I always tell people is like mm. the mirror work. Like mm. look at yourself in the mirror and just hold on there and just look at yourself in the eye and what do you like, what do you not like, what's going on, like bring it out. Mm. I find that a lot of people like have a hard time doing it and they actually don't want to do it or they're not prepared. And that's because they've been so conditioned that they just don't even know themselves. They don't like themselves or the version that they think they they are. Um, but when you start really recognizing yourself physically and like your, your way of being and in the inner self, it's just beautiful because you start accepting all parts of yourself, your entire journey, and you start even becoming friends with it. So you can use it like, hey, I'm going to you know, do this or that or I'll manage this. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, it's the hardest, but it's beautiful. Because, yeah. Mm. You're here for a reason. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so just to wrap up, we, we asked, I guess, one final question. And that's to share a message from your soul. So whatever comes up intuitively now that people might need to hear. Mm. I'd say not to give up. Mm. Um, I think uh, a lot of times we look for support or we try something that doesn't work and mm. then we just quit there. I believe that there are many ways and it doesn't have to be regular therapy. It doesn't have to be an ecstatic dance. It doesn't have to be a retreat. It can be anything and whatever serves you is good enough. So mm -hmm. I'd say not to stop um, looking or seeking for these things because you will find whatever suits you mm -hmm. and we're all different. So try everything. <laughs> Try, explore, have fun, mm -hmm. um, just don't stop because mm -hmm. it's an ongoing thing and you'll always find something along the way that's mm -hmm. going to help you. So. I love that reminder. Yeah. So where can people find you, Trina, if they would like to work with you or just connect with you? Yeah, so Instagram. I mean, it's a bit complicated, but it's Sharina underscore Sham. It'll be in this show next yeah. <laughs> uh, You can also email me at Sharina at Sham at gmail.com. Lovely. Thank you so much. And I just want to honor you, mate, because like we met and you can just tell like you just got so much light around you to like really facilitate that growth for people. So thank you for doing what you're doing and thank you for being here today. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. See you later, mate. <laughs> Bye. And that's a wrap from today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us and I hope you feel even more inspired to share your soul and live a limitless life. Don't forget to like, subscribe and share if you love this episode and head to the show notes to find out how you can get even more involved with the community. I'll see you next time for another soulful episode. See you later.